You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. What's up, y'all? What it do? Jules Jesse here, your co-host of Clapback Culture, alongside my co-host, Mr. Mike Davis of the South Seattle Emerald. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, Julia? Man, it's uh, my favorite time of the week. I'm telling you, it's almost Friday, our Friday Eve, so I'm feeling good. I am so excited to jump into the weekend. I got some big plans with the family. We're going to do, we're going to have like a crab feast. You know, we're still in celebration mode over here. Hey, hey, the crab. Okay, look, that's what's up. You know, that's a thing here in D.C. Like, I didn't really, I, I keep teasing Rodney about it, but in Seattle, I think we don't really, like, celebrate around crab. Like, that's a thing. Like, they go and buy a bunch of steamed crab, a bushel of crab, and everyone sits around and picks at it and eats at the crab. I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's just not anything I remember doing back home. It sound good. No, nah, I don't think it's a thing like that, even though, you know, we'll do the seafood, but not crab specific. But that's what's our, good. what's our what's a thing in Seattle that's like that? <laughs> hey, Cuddy said teriyaki. Heck, OK, so are we getting together collectively like, yo, let's go hit the teriyaki spot. Get some teriyaki. Nah, man, we're going barbecue. We're going to fry some chicken. It's a fish fry. Matter of fact, fish fry. Okay, fish that's fry. what we're doing. You're right. Okay, okay. Yeah, so this is the equivalent fry. to a fish fry, except we're getting crabs. That's what's up. It's a thing. Oh, yeah. Cuddy said crab boy. I thought he said spody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cuddy should be down here soon. I think he's going to uh, the broccoli festival. So hopefully, Cuddy will pull up and um, come pop in and say what's up. But yeah, he um, that there's a big concert coming up here in. I think it's this month, if I'm not mistaken, but it's coming up soon. Oh, yeah. He said two months, two months. Oh, two weeks. Oh, yeah. Cuddy's out there, man. We might have to uh, get some footage. Facts. All right, y'all. Well, welcome back to another Thursday episode of Clapback Culture, y'all. We're just cooling. It's not too much in the headlines this week, which I don't know if that's good or bad, you guys, but it's something interesting on the menu nonetheless. So we might as well jump back into it. Something that is new is that the Biden administration, you guys, came out, oh, excuse me, not the Biden administration, um, but the mask mandate, the mask mandate is being lowered um, and the Biden administration is no longer going to enforce it um, in the U.S. on public transportation, whether that be on airplanes or uh, commute like trains like Amtrak um, after a federal judge in Florida ruled that it's unlawful. So we're turning over a new leaf in this COVID. And soon after the announcement, you guys, all of the major carriers, American Airlines, United and Delta, as well as um, Amtrak, you guys are basically saying that they relaxed the restriction. So of course I did my due diligence. I went over to Delta Airlines just to see what was going on. And they have the announcement right there that masks are um, not mandatory. They're optional. So Turning over a new leaf. Mike, what are your thoughts on that? Are you taking down the mask? Um, am I taking down the mask? Not on an airplane. Nah, that's it's just, that's an yeah. enclosed space, man. It was already weird breathing people's air on airplanes. And then we started getting them viral clips of these weirdos taking off their shoes and socks with their feet on them. Man, airplanes is already a weird place. I'll probably mask it. I think, though, what really catches me about this story is first, you know, the specific judge that strike that struck down Biden's order in court was one of Trump's appointees, which was interesting, but also just, you know, we're in an interesting place. If the Biden administration doesn't fight back on this ruling and take it to the Supreme court, which is what it looks like they're going to do because it's not really Biden's mask mandate. It was the CDC that recommended the mask mandate and Biden went along with it. But striking this down is kind of taking a step in saying that the CDC doesn't have the authority to fight against a virus. And I know that a lot of people have pandemic fatigue. 
Um, you've seen a lot of people actually celebrating on airplanes when they got to take their mask off. I think there were people on both sides of the spectrum here, but it still points to the question, you know, do we want to be in a place where the CDC doesn't have the power to fight against viruses as they see fit? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh way to look at it. When when I read this article, I was thinking that the judge ruling it unlawful uh, was definitely something for us to keep our eyes out about. Really, I'm actually just I think I'm more in support of the mass mandate coming down uh, just because we're bringing it down in schools. I mean, we're just at the point where, you know, if we're all getting back to uh, this new normal, then essentially that the mass they have to come down. Right. I mean, that's just where we're graduating to. And I think that's just the natural step and where we're going. So I'm not um, I'm not opposed to the ruling. Um, I do love that this is still optional because what would be worse, Mike, is that we were not allowed to wear masks in public spaces. And I think that could very well happen, um, considering a lot of people. Well, not a lot of people. Let me let me let me watch my words. I'm, I'm, I want to ensure that we can make some considerations for those who still want to continue to wear their mask and that there don't be um, uh, any kind of judgment or ruling for individuals who still want to wear their mask. Uh, so, yeah, that it is. I think we're just moving into the natural course of COVID kind of being over and dying out, especially those with fatigue or not fatigue. But I'm actually uh, going to continue to wear a mask on an airplane as well as just other things where you're in super close contact. Like, you know, when I get my eyelashes done, I was like, why wasn't I wearing a mask before? You know, like you have someone just all in your face. It just That's makes, how I feel about the airplane. Yeah, That's it makes like. just, so much sense. For real, it's just we're in close quarters. I think, I think pandemic fatigue is real. I think that that's actually where I am personally, like I'm tired of it. So a big part of me is like, yes, make this optional. The folks that want to be safe, be safe as you want to be. You want to get vaccines, get them. You want to wear your mask, wear it. Yeah. I, I like the option of choice. I think where I get worried and how this played out isn't it's not the conclusion that we came to. It's the way that we got there, because to me, it feels a lot like the airline industry in particular decided that the the ruling of the CDC was bad for business. So they went and fought and lobbied against the CDC tooth and nail. And the airline industry has been doing this for a while now. And this ruling to me makes it feel like they won. And it actually does worry me if we're in a place where the the interest of big business, the interest of billion dollar industries can impede on government processes that are supposed to keep us safe. Because Leon Leon's comment was a good one. Uh, they were arguing that it was a, a government overreach to have the mask mandate. But like that's something that I think the government should be able to do, like if, if they want to slow a global pandemic or a pandemic that's affecting our country, they need to have the power to do so. Like if we get into a conflict with Russia and they drop a chemical bomb and the CDC is telling us what to do. But then Delta is like, nah, don't do that. Like, yo, Delta shouldn't have the power to step in. And they stepped in here. And even though I agree with what the outcome is, I don't I don't like how that process played out. Yeah, well, another thing is that when mass mandates and everything started coming into effect, really when COVID just started stretching its arms, a lot of us were like, whoa, how much control does the government have? And again, having the conversation about whether or not the government can mandate vaccines. And a lot of us were, you know, had to get vaccinated, not by choice, but essentially by force because they didn't want to lose their jobs. And so the, I think the question, the, the, we, it still begs the same question in where does the government, you know, begin and end and what do they have oversight over? So I think, Leon, again, to your point, you know, are the mandates overreaching? Yes and no. I mean, we have lost a lot of our choice in a lot of this. And some of it is positive and some of it is like ah, a slippery slope. Uh, before we move on, I know we got to go, but I, I definitely want to touch on Harry Jefferson's comment because I think he's right. Yo, the numbers don't support this. Like, it's not like this, like 
Delta or the airlines, Alaska, whoever, they were all on board. So I'm not singling nobody out, but it's not like they looked at the numbers and was like, oh, yeah, we got this COVID thing under control. We don't need masks anymore. Right. It had nothing to do with the science. It had nothing to do with safety. This was all about economics. This was all about dollars. This is money yeah. running our country. Well, let me tell you, a lot of people ain't traveling right now anyway because these gas prices <laughs> is too god god damn high. Airline tickets are crazy <laughs> high right now too, though. Wow, if we're being real, bro, I just like, spent <laughs> almost seven hundred dollars on a Southwest ticket on a one way from uh, Cabo back to DC. So it's giving. <laughs> Put your ass at home. Let's just exactly. Let's All right, y'all. Well, we won't. Um, we won't. We'll move on from this. But I think Mike and I have made the decision that we're going to continue to wear our mask on the airplane. Let us know in the comments what you guys plan to do um, in terms of your traveling. And I wonder how this is going to affect commuters, like whether or not they're going to wear it on metro or on the train. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't. So, I wonder if people will still wear them, nonetheless. That's a good question. That's a good question. Another Probably depends on where you live. Yeah, or just how comfortable you feel, right? I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I stop wearing my mask altogether. Like I put it on, and then I end up taking it off. And you know, I, I, I didn't wear. I'm just, I'm not wearing the mask anymore, you guys. I don't, and I don't I keep know it on me. I'm not gonna front. Yeah, I hear a sneeze, <laughs> mask on. Some, I hear a cough, oh, mask on. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't be trying to be that person, but I be out here being that person, man. Anybody yeah, around me. I'm that guy, too. I'm not going to lie. All right, y'all. Another topic that's interesting. Um, there's a guy named Malcolm Nance, you guys. He is a former counterterrorism. Actually, he's a current counterterrorism expert and a former MSNBC analyst. And he was on the Joy Reid show and he told her that he decided to fight after his friends in the Ukraine army told him that they were overwhelmed by Russia's assault. Y'all, this is crazy. So let me tell you, let's get into this a little bit more. He so we know the war is going on between Russia and Ukraine. And this guy is just basically jumping into the fight. Now, he's not just a regular person. Let's keep it. Let's keep it real. He's a, uh, a former senior chief petty officer with the U.S. Navy. Um, and he said that he joined the International Legion of the Territorial Defense about a month ago. So he was talking from a secure location and he said that he was fighting uh, for Ukraine after his friend said that they were overwhelmed. And he said, we're not going to. And they told him, you know, look, man, we're not going to survive the night. So he jumped out there. Um, he also says in a quote that the more I saw of the war going on, the more I thought I'm done talking. All right. It's time to take action here. I am here to help this country fight what essentially is a war of extermination. That's crazy. Mike, are you jumping in for the homies? For Ukraine? Never. <laughs> Stop it, man. That's the most chuck and jive, soft shoe. What's wrong with this guy? Ukraine, man, yeah. I just seen a report like a week ago from the Peace Corps that said uh, warning black volunteers because Ukrainians is out there calling everybody the N word. <laughs> that's part of their culture. And yeah. warning like, come on, man, that's who you're fighting for. Like, get out of here, man. That's war <laughs> Stop I, I, it, I'm going to be honest with you, fam. Like, I'm I, I love y'all. I love my homies to death, but I'm not jumping in a whole war for you, bro. Like it's giving no thanks. It's safe. It's safer back home. I'm cool off that. I mean, here's the thing, though. I say all of that. But at the same time, this is somebody who's on the ground witnessing exactly what's going on. And he's talking about this is a war of extermination. And so maybe he's just about that life. I mean, if you're there. Yes. And you're but for them. He's a, counter, he's a counterterrorism expert. So so what? He don't he don't know about nothing going on in Africa. He don't know about nothing going on in the Middle East. He can't he ain't checking up on the Palestinians like of all people on this planet who are in conflict. Are people being in constant conflict at any given time? You're going to go fight for the Ukrainians. Yeah. OK, dog. I'm not jumping in. I'm not jumping in nobody else's. I, it, though, man. I, I ain't fighting for America until we get some rights and some reparations up in here. So okay. I, I ain't fighting for nobody. That part where my my 40 acres and a mule. God damn it. <laughs> they better pay the fee. Listen, I mean, shout out to everybody who, uh, you know, served in the in the military. Y'all some real ones. Y'all, you know, shout out to my cousin who's out 
um, and doing uh, his little due diligence right now. I hope he is yeah. safe doing his thing. Mine too. But, I got a cousin that be watching that's in the Air Force. Yeah, and, and I, I have a lot of respect for the military. And this is just one of those situations like, you're this this guy, you know, Officer Nance, he's just about that life. It's no way. First of all, you're in Ukraine. You got homies in Ukraine and you're there in the middle of a, a freaking war. And you're just like, you know what? I'm about to suit it. But at the same time, it's like if you're there, you're having True. to be in a defense mode anyway. It's not I mean, like he might hate the Russians. There is. There's also that. Hey, I will say, though, man, the Ukrainians is about that, man. Ukrainians ain't asking for peace. Ukrainians ain't asking for no resources. They want weapons. <laughs> All oh, they no. want to do is fight. That is. Well, OK, let me ask you this, because I asked Rodney this, you guys, and I'm going to ask you all uh, to drop this in the comments. Just think about like. If let's say hypothetically speaking, Russia decided to come over to the U.S. and and try to take over and do the same thing, I'm gonna be honest with you. If you pull up around my way, I'm going smack at some Russians. Like it's going like I'm going in like the same way Ukraine is like I'm gonna be all about the United States. I mean, we don't. But that's different though, because if they if they come here. Oh, yeah, we got to ride. Everybody, everybody takes up arms if somebody comes up in here. But to go to another country, I just I feel a way about going and fighting in another country because why are we fighting? That's the thing. Like, I'm going to fight when it's time to fight, but I'm not I'm not fighting for no reason. What's the reason? I'm not fighting in a war to make white men richer. I'm, I'm good off that. I'm not going to go fight in a war overseas and then come back and still be a second class citizen. I'm not good with that. But when it comes to protecting mines, protecting my property. Oh, yeah, I'm protecting mines all day, every day. But I think that is what essentially is happening with the citizens of Ukraine. Right. Because there's people right. in Russia right. and Ukraine who are both like we don't have nothing to do with none of this. Right. There's people yeah. in Russia like this is not OK. We do not support this. And there's people in Ukraine who feel the same way. And so if we just think about it, about regular individuals who get up and go do their nine to five and take their kids to school, they don't want no beef and no smoke. They're not off that. And so the same way that they're saying, you know, I, I this is the house that I was born and raised in and I'm going to stay and protect my country and protect what's mine. I respect that a whole lot. And and that is what I'm saying in terms of the United States. If we ever were to be essentially invaded, I absolutely would would, you know, grab that armor. I'd be knocking on Mike Davis's door like, yo, let me hold some because we know you've got that artillery boy. <laughs> we have to we have to pull it out. I mean, but that's what they're seeing in Ukraine, though, man. Like if you look out your window and see a tank coming down the street, yeah, you know, you don't got no choice. You don't got no choice. But I agree with you in a sense that I'm not going to continue. I'm not going to fight for something uh, that, you know, that my country is not fighting to support me. And I come back and be a second second class citizen like that's not going to happen for real or sign up to fight for this country and get sent to go kill Africans. No, thank you. Nah, I'm good off that, bro. All right. Well, let us know in the comments if you guys are ready to uh, take 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 up uh, for the United States. If anything like that pops off. Hey, man, y'all know, too, though, let's be real, though, man. The United States got more guns than people in this country. I, I, I do believe if somebody ran up in here, man, they will meet some resistance. People be out there. There's people out here training for that right now. Facts. All right. Um, another person who is is taking a defense stance or maybe even the offense, who knows, is Netflix. You know, they were talking about you guys uh, rolling out this other plan. But what's happening is that Netflix is planning to roll out less expensive plans to that are supported by advertising. The co-CEO, Reed Hastings, revealed this move on an earnings call after the streaming giant disclosed its loss of 200,000 subscribers during its most recent quarter. He goes on to say that those who have followed Netflix know that I have been against the complexity of advertising and a big fan of simplicity of subscription. All of us feel that way. But as much as I am a fan of that, I'm a bigger fan of consumer choice and allowing consumers who would like to have a lower price and are advertising tolerant, get what they want, makes a lot of sense. I'm not really feeling this. Um, 
I don't want to watch Netflix with ads. It's a whole point in having streaming services that you can watch it without ads. And I don't want to pay. And, and here's the thing. You're giving me it at a lower price to not have to have ads. But then what about the cost that I'm paying now? Does that increase? I feel like they're going to somehow balance it out so that I have to pay more to not have ads. Right. So I don't know if I, I certainly believe this. Netflix is doing a lot of different rollouts to try to keep up with the competition like Hulu and Disney and HBO and all of that. And so it's pretty clear that, you know, this kind of this kind of structure um, is working for other streaming services like Hulu and Disney. And I think they're trying to model that. So I don't know. I don't know if I totally believe this. At the end of the day, Netflix is still trying to come for people um, with that IP address and the household and all of that. So Netflix, just stop what you're doing and relax. Like, just let us do what we do. It's over. It's, it's over, over for Netflix. It is over. The game has passed them by. Their, their stock prices is down. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, man, you see how big of a head start Netflix had? Like, Netflix was like the first streaming service to have this model that they have like they was the one like they took down blockbuster then they made the pivot they was here they let hbo max and disney catch up in like two years man that ceo shouldn't even have a job at this point man like what are you doing and then your your big plan was to crack down on people sharing your service Bro, your big plan should have been creating better content. And I see somebody else in the chat talking about Netflix's content. Let me tell you a little something on the film side of what Netflix be doing. Netflix be trying to skirt and skate around all of the rules that protects the unions of the people that create the shows that you watch. There's certain money that they're supposed to be made when they film a pilot. So when people submit pilots to Netflix, they created their own term so they didn't have to call it a pilot so that they didn't have to pay anybody. When it comes down to like packaging your TV shows, like all of that stuff, like it's so deep. You got to read about it. Netflix cut so many corners, man. And that's why a lot of creatives started turning their back on Netflix. The content fell off and now they're going after people sharing logins like, yo, Netflix is cooked. They're cooked. They're done. And they deserved it. They come with the bag. Yeah, no, seriously. I I love that you shared that information. Um, When we think about content is king right now in terms of what we are digesting, right? A lot of us don't have cable and that is the way that we access, um, you know, our television shows, just any, any type of content overall. And Netflix is sloughing when you think about it in comparison to some of the other streaming services. I um, I subscribe to Hulu and HBO and Showtime, I believe. Um, and Hulu, their content is coming up. And what's happening is a lot of creatives are getting better deals at these other um, at these other streaming services, which is allowing them a little bit more freedom in terms of coming up with content that people want to digest. Netflix honestly feels to me like they're recycling a lot of the old stuff and just kind of yeah. putting it out at a later date which is not never good because if you can't get the creatives to buy in and give you those like top releases, um, then it's just not going to happen. And so I, I I do feel like a lot of people are going to move to other streaming services to kind of do their launch right now. Netflix is dropping, but let's like, don't get it messed up. Netflix is still standing tall and at number one in terms of having, um, they are right now, but I think what I think what we're really seeing, number one, is that we have choices now. When Netflix yeah. first got into the game, they were the only choice. But I think that one of the ways, like Netflix was trying to use all of these super advanced algorithms to decide which of their shows, their original content to renew and which not to renew. And then they kind of found that they could just not renew things because people would just watch new stuff. The right. problem with that is the other streaming services, like they're bringing in a lot of the legacy channels like HBO has been doing their thing for so long and they have such a great reputation that when they drop their streaming service, people that were going to watch HBO anyway, boom, now they're here. When you look at Hulu, like, yeah, Hulu has some cool original content, but Hulu, like you could also go watch Snowfall. Like you could watch your FX stuff or you could go watch Atlanta. Like they're taking things that people have from TV and bringing it over and Hulu has live sports. And I'm only saying that to say, these other companies 
Disney Plus, I would throw in that mix too, the way that Disney Plus would like move releases to their platform instead mm -hmm. of theaters or different things like that. This is innovation. I, you could go look at all of the other streaming platforms that are on the rise and they all have different ways that they're innovating. Netflix doesn't have any innovation. Netflix is doing the same thing right now that they were doing years ago, yeah. but they never had to evolve because they didn't have competition. Now competition is here and it's evolving and Netflix is stagnant. So they're here now because they got the subscribers now, but it's going to be interesting to see how the next couple of years play out. But consumers, oh, we win because <laughs> it's content overload and content is everywhere. I also don't think their drop and, and, and subs has anything to do with pricing, their pricing model. Like, I don't think I've never heard anyone complain about, oh, my Netflix bill is too high. I, I honestly believe that it, it does come down to their choice and content. If the content was there, people would not care about the price. You could pay twenty dollars a month if you had the best content. So it's yeah. it's. You're, you're right in that Netflix needs to step it up. And and even though you're a veteran, you know, you got to teach a, a old dog new tricks, baby, because it's given it's given auntie. You're giving the auntie and the east that moved into the room, baby. Let's get it together. I mean, the fact that Netflix doesn't even have um, uh, what was the show I was looking for? And it was all over all the other streaming platforms. Um, it's a new show. You guys, it has two seasons with my girl. Oh, everybody's Ooh. watching it. She's always styled by luxury law. Oh, I'm not going nowhere about a stylist. There's so <laughs> many, there's so many, dr like there's drugs, there's sex, there's, um, uh, Is it on? it's on, y'all know what I'm talking about. There's, it's so much stuff about Euphoria. And, yes. Euphoria? Oh, okay. Yes. I couldn't believe Netflix didn't get Euphoria. I was like, what? You guys are like, it was everywhere. Netflix does it, man. Netflix wants to do their own thing. Like they try to do so much that's in-house. But I think it'll be good though, to be honest, because like they're going to be forced to shift. They're going to be forced to flex. Uh, they're too big. They're not going to just allow themselves to fail. So I think that new things will come. More content will come and all these services will, they'll keep fighting and fighting for our attention, man. Competition is good facts all right y'all let's take a quick break and when we come back i got a couple things i want to talk to you about especially the red table talk season five we'll come back and talk about it stay tuned when the pandemic hit it did affect me as a barber i had my own personal reasons why i didn't get vaccinated at the time i didn't check the actual source i thought the vaccine was developed too fast but i was talking to the doctor and he was telling me more about the vaccine and what it could do to protect us and our family i wanted to get back to that once was right i do feel safe knowing that i am vaccinated i just hope what i'm saying is reaching into people's heads to know that this is the best decision for all of us all right, y'all. Welcome back to Clapback Culture. I'm your co-host, Jules Jesse, with Mike Davis right next to me. Um, Red Table Talk. Interesting <laughs> that they're coming back for season five and nobody wants to talk about what we really want to talk about. Um, we do have a clip, you guys. Red Table Talk, just for those who don't know, um, is a Facebook watch uh, TV show that airs on Facebook. Um, that's hosted by Jada Pickett Smith and her daughter and mother. Do we have the clip, Mike? Um, we're, we're we're getting the clip. Okay, no worries. So we'll we'll should we we can go back. We can come back. Yeah, we can come back. We can right, come we'll back. Come back to that one. Um, let's go ahead and talk about something else. You know, we always chop it up about forty acres and a mule. Child in California, a task force has voted that reparations should be handed out to black people and former descendants of enslaved people. I mean, I don't know how this is going to happen, but California's first in the nation task force on reparations. They voted on Tuesday to limit state compensation to the descendants of free and enslaved black people who were in the U.S. in the 19th century, narrowly rejecting our proposal to include all Black people regardless of lineage. This is so interesting and such a complex decision and idea. Um, Mike, where where do we begin and end with this? I, I turn to you, my brother. 
Ooh, I'm all over the place. I, okay. I will say, though, first, I will say that it is they are limiting reparations to the descendants of slaves and people with direct lineage to black people in the United States in the 19th century. So if your peoples was here and they was free, you still qualify. If you're an immigrant, you don't. Um, I think, you know, this is how reparations work, man. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when the U.S., I don't even want to pick out individual people because y'all be so weird. But this is how reparations always works. It's real specific, man. It has to be the people that were harmed. That's not to say that the experience of black folks that come to America from other countries has been great. No, it hasn't. But there there can be something else to be done to combat the experience of those folks, man. Slavery was a really specific period in time. And for those of us who are the descendants of slaves, like reparations should be coming our way. We built this country. I, I really like, I don't understand the argument to the contrary. I will say there are people that say that the way that it's worded would make it unconstitutional and it would leave the reparations themselves to be open to a challenge in court that they would likely lose. But to that, I would say, I mean, look, man, if we want to do reparations for black folks, then we have to do it the right way. If we're not going to do it the right way, then don't do it at all. And we'll just keep pushing the way that we've been pushing. But if we're going to do it, then we need to do it. And they got to be 100 percent. And you should absolutely have to be a descendant of slaves to receive reparations for slavery. Listen, I am with Harry Jefferson 100 percent on there on this. This is about to get super messy. How are we going to know if our ancestors, if we are descendants of enslaved it's, people from the 19th century? It's not as hard as you think, Julia, Harry. I, I'm telling you all. Uh, because like there, there's actually databases where you can put your name in and it, they do a pretty good job of trying to track it down. I will also point out to people, man, look, slavery isn't as far away as the media wants to make us think it is like it was just this super distant thing. And none of us, man, my great grandma died eight years ago now. Yo, she she grew up on a sharecropper's farm. She dropped out of school in the sixth grade because she had to go pick cotton. Like, that's where our family yeah, still works. You're right. The lineage is not that far. <laughs> it's right. It's right there. It's right there. She was supposed to be our first generation to not work the fields. And she made it to sixth grade and got called back. But that is the same plantation that we were on during slavery. And after we became free and didn't have nowhere to go, we just kept working for the family that had owned our family. And that's a story of a lot of African-Americans. So if you black hit your grandma or hit your mom. And uh, if you go back a couple generations, I promise you'll be right back in the South. That, that's how it is for a hell of a lot of us. It's funny. I'm with Santana on this where he says white people going to start claiming black family members now. Listen, people going to start claiming black lineage right now. And, uh, and, I, and I ain't even mad at him. Listen, oh, it's, it's going like to be messy. It's going to be super messy. Oh, that like, first of all, what is the application and paperwork look like to get the reparations started? What's the what, what is the process in terms of submitting your application to get your reparations? Now, I, I'm I'm in I'm in agreement with you, Mike, here that hopefully it's not too hard to trace back. I'm I'm wondering where this funding is going to come from, considering inflation is at an all time high. And how often are we going to get this check? How much is the check going to be? Uh, you know, how much percentage of black do you need to check? And do I need to move to California immediately so I can go get mine? Because <laughs> that is Hello? only a California thing. Listen, because I listen, all my family's in San Diego, baby. I could get that address <laughs> ASAP, period. Um, and, I don't know. Harry Jefferson makes a good point, though, in the comments. And you're right. Like not not even the black folks that was not slaves, the ones that escaped. Like, bro, you're right. And that's the reason why the language says if you're a descendant of enslaved black people or a descendant of black people living in the U.S. in the 19th century, that was that distinction. If your family somehow got freedom, you're still you're still in the mix to get the money. Uh, I, yo, I, I think everybody is going to be trying to be black. 
as soon as Santana is wow. Santana is wow. He says, I'm dark as hell. I deserve two checks. <laughs> Listen, stop what you're doing. I, Man, I just hope it works. I hope it works. I it's hard to believe that white folks would actually let this happen, but Man, man, Listen, man. They better let my light skin ass get, get a check, okay? They better not come through and be like, well, sis, your bloodline, the blood test. Look, see, man, yeah, see, I'll I don't do know, it. Julia, man. I don't know if you're going to qualify. That's you what I'm saying. I need to know what the credentials are. I'm going to be trying to divide your check up. <sighs> it's given, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now, there, you know, the history of my family, my, uh, my mom used to tell me that her great great grandfather um was passing and so nobody knew that papa was black because he looked white and so he would go to work and he would um he would play as a white man in order to continue to pass and he served in the military and everything so when you look at him i mean he looks just like my brother a little bit more fair than my brother um but he did a lot of things to to pass um, and there there are a lot of, you know, African-American um, people who did um, who were light enough to pass and went ahead to pass. And there was a lot of struggle in that as well. Right. Because while you're assimilating into white culture to blend in and to kind of maybe accelerate and elevate your family, there's so much risk in that because you're not yourself. Right. And you have to kind of um, you never get to enjoy what black culture is during that time period and so he never got to really share and be around his black family because he had to live and act like a white man so there's um there's yeah. a lot of a lot of things um in that i've situation. read about families like that that continue that like had a white passing person and then another white passing person and then like down the line they just kind of end up being White, white folks <laughs> like that's it's crazy. It's crazy to think about, but it, it's a thing. That is a thing. Um, OK, so we have the video, you guys ready for the Red Table Talk. So Red Table Talk, you guys, as I said, is the show by Jada Pinkett Smith. Let's take a look. We'll come back and talk about it. On season five of Red Table Talk. Right, we're rolling everybody quiet on the set, please. Please welcome Janelle Monet. I am super honored to be here. My dad had gotten on crack cocaine. I was dealing with real rejection abandonment issues. Oscar winner Kim Basinger. I wouldn't leave the house. I would no longer go to dinner. I had to relearn to drive. We went through a heavy duty, very out loud when you're in the public divorce. And the Smith kids are taking over the red table. The fact that we haven't done this yet is kind of ridiculous. On January 30th of this year, Chesley jumped to her death from her 29th floor balcony. For the first time, we're hearing from Chesley's mom. It was so hard. I walked through the door and just collapsed in my son's arms. Do you remember your first anxiety attack? I have been in physical abusive relationships. I have been in emotional, verbal, very gaslit, manipulative relationships. I've been through a lot of different kinds of abuse. He pretended to be the son of a diamond mogul. He defrauded me for over $100,000. He left me with nothing. Did you confront Simon? I met Anna in 2016. I finally ended up going to the police after months of breakdown. The more of us who can talk about these things, the more people will know that they're seen and that they're valued. How deep are you, do I mean, you guys want to I mean, go? I appreciate just getting to talk to you lovely ladies. It's pretty rare to have mothers and daughters that could actually sit and have this conversation. The times, they are changing. But what I really want to say to you girls, everything you address on your show is fabulous. Just happy that somebody invited me. I said, are you kidding me? The red table? <laughs> All right, man. If you don't bring Chris Rock on. She better, man. She better give the people what they want, man. They needed to bring her on to the red table and let her break down. Which, oh, come on, come on. She know what we want to see. She knows what we want to see, and it ain't none of that. Not no shade. That looks like it might be cool, but she knows what the people want to see. I'm with Chip on this and that this is an intense trailer. There's a lot of heavy hitters that are going to be on this on the show this season. 
I'm going to be honest with you. I'm interested to see some of these stories. Janelle Monet, Kim Basinger. I mean, there's a lot of really, really good stories. I mean, even they're going to have the girls on uh, that got swindled by the t- the Tinder swindler. That's going to be an interesting story. Um, they they have some good content. And obviously, it seems as if they pre-recorded the season before the slap heard across the world. However, I am absolutely looking for them to do an episode. I doubt Chris Rock will take a seat at the table. But listen, Will and Jada, you two brought each other to the table when there was questions of infidelity. And uh, uh, what did she call it? A situationship or whatever. Entanglement. An entanglement. If you will. (laughs) So, yeah, we want to know about this, too. So let's we're going to watch these episodes, but we're not going to get our foot off your neck in terms of seeing what the hell is going on with this slap. And we want to know. We want to know. know, You know, Jada want to talk about it. It's probably Will that doesn't. Jada be trying to put their whole entire lives on the Internet. Uh, They make good content. Jada makes good content. She knows what she's doing. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Of course, the trailer was going to be intense. It's going to be a good show. Like, Red Table Talks is dope. We know that. It's just she tends to overshare (laughs) with her own personal information. Like, that's that's what the whole beef has always been. It's like, yo, you're giving us too much of your actual life. Doesn't seem like your husband likes that. But the content that she brings is always quality. So it's going to be a good season. And you know they're going to address the situation at some point. I, I don't see Jada not. She, yeah. don't, she don't hide. She doesn't. She brought August. All, she brought August Alcina on. She's not hiding nothing. Yeah, she messy. But at the <laughs> same did. time, and, and her and Will create two different. They have two different styles in terms of how they create Very content. True. She's more Very. reality based. Will is more like really into this creative side and like creating very dramatic moments. She likes the real thing. So I don't know. I'm interested in seeing the siblings do their meeting. I mean, we're going to watch it. That's I, gonna be I, I disagree with you, Mike. I don't think they're going to talk about what happened at the Oscars. Yeah. Hey, hey, for real, though, I think the episode with the kids that can that can end up being heat because those kids they got interesting kids. They're they're talented and they are very very interesting. And if they really open up and be real, that's that episode is going to be fire. We'll see. All right. Well, I want to skip to our clap back because we're running out of time, y'all. I know you saw it. I know you saw it. When we talk about people getting pimp slapped, listen. Don't think you can keep badgering somebody like Mike Tyson and not get your ass whooped. Let's take a look at the video and come back and talk about it. This is George talking to Mike Tyson, bro. This shit crazy, bro. Mike Tyson. <laughs> My dog done got lit, man. He over here rapping with Tyson. Mike Tyson trying to give us some shrooms. <laughs> you don't know how to act. Tyson looking out, man. This shit crazy as He should have never gave you his money. Peasants. Peasants. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, Mike, Mike, come on. Let's go stop back. Let's do some horse, man. Jet Blue, Mayup Flight. My boy just got beat up by Mike Tyson. Turn that way. Yeah, he got f***ed up. Just trying to ask for an autograph, man. I don't know what happened. Listen, play with something safer. Play with something safer. It's giving... You can't sit and badger somebody like Mike Tyson, who's one of the world's greatest fighters, and keep playing with him. I hate this so much. I hate this so much, man. People want attention so, so bad. Like, bro, like, this is all he wanted. Like, this is what dude wanted. Dude wanted to get beat up by Mike Tyson. His corny homie filming it, same thing. And, man, I don't know why the dude next to him stopped Mike Tyson. Man, he should have let Mike Tyson punch that man through the bottom of the plane because he earned that beatdown. But, like, why why is getting attention – worth so much that you're willing to do this to another person. Cause like, 
yo, man, from everything that we see of Mike Tyson candid moments on camera, Mike Tyson seems one of the coolest dudes out here, man. We just showed a video of Mike Tyson in there unfazed when when the fan ended up pulling out the strap and Mike is in there just chilling, accepting the love. Like, why would you, you know what I'm saying? Like to provoke Mike Tyson to the point where he's punching you on a plane, man, that's just sick, man. This social media, internet attention age got so many people so sick in the head, man. And it's just, come on, man. You can't be out here in public treating people like this, man. Who raised this man, man? Where's his daddy at? I, I wish my kids would be out here acting like that. I honestly, and I hate this for Mike Tyson because to Me your too. point, he has been so passive these last couple of years and he's really just had this super chilled out attitude. So to get him to the point where he's going to have to give you a beat down and to Harry Jefferson's point, a light beat down because Mike Tyson could have crushed him. So that was really mm -hmm. giving mm -hmm. I'm, like he just he barely touched him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure his head is swelled to the point where he's looking like Martin, that episode of Martin that episode. in the house. Uh, I mean, but you 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 did enough to catch the fade. And people have to understand that celebrities right. are real human beings. Mike Tyson is on a, a, a normal jet blue flight. OK, for real. chilling, chilling. <laughs> Okay. Mike Tyson's out here selling his cannabis, smoking his little weed, relaxing, not messing Man, with nobody. I mean, off the 420 flight, like I'm good. Like for real, what? For <laughs> off the 420 flight, like I'm good. I don't have nothing. I'm chilling. Leave me alone. He, I took a picture with you, fam, and you're still and and here and here's my issue with JetBlue. I feel as though JetBlue. Some of the flight attendants yeah. stepped in because yeah. clearly the passenger is unruly and intoxicated. Had Before that been that. right, Mike Tyson, as a celebrity, already did his due diligence by saying, "You know what? I'll give you a selfie. I'll be polite. I'll have conversations with you." That kind of just comes with the territory. But at what point does the man not get a sense of privacy where someone is just not in his personal space? Like they should have said, "Like, look, bro, leave leave this man alone." I'm not saying he should have gotten any type of special treatment, but at the end of the day, Mike Tyson is a celebrity. And, and, and you notice that he's getting a lot of attention. It doesn't take much to ask the passengers to just be respectful. You can even come on the intercom and just say, hey guys, we understand there's a celebrity on the flight. Please allow all the passengers on this flight to just relax, okay? Now, should Mike Tyson have been able to call and say, hey, listen, this guy's really bothering me behind me? I mean, Maybe he, he could have went about it a better way and not, you know, overreacted, if you will. But at the same time, I understand that, you know, people are human and they get pushed beyond the point of no return. And so, listen, bro, if you keep talking in my ear behind me, you might catch this fade. I mean, that's just what that is what happens. I mean, this is kind of the same conversation we had about Will Smith and Chris Rock. Sometimes you do and say things. And you just get the fade. I mean, that that's kind of where we at. Yeah, some of y'all, some of y'all need a beat down. Some of y'all think you could just say and do whatever you want and a beat down can't be a consequence. But guess what? It can. So, I mean, Mike Tyson did what he had to do. I wish it wouldn't have came to that. But yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Take that bloody face home. Y'all be just chill when it comes to celebrities like they're real people. Don't badger them. Don't they're you know, they're not trophies. We don't get to treat them. You know, we we, we just and don't getting, getting getting embarrassed isn't worth it, man. Why do I just I guess that's just me. Maybe I'm just old. I'm just get off my lawn guy now. But I just, it don't make no sense how so many people in our society will will actively accept embarrassment for attention. Like right. When did when did that become the thing to do? I guess. Yeah, man, I'm just an old man now because growing up, man, I wasn't trying. I wasn't out here trying to get embarrassed for attention. And I'm talking about him like he's some kid. He looked like he was a grown man. Like, oh, man, this is I mean, listen. And again, it goes back to play with something safer. Mike Tyson is not the bear you <laughs> want to go. That is, that's, the, that's the last celebrity you should be out here trying to badger. Mike Tyson <laughs> mess around and kill you by accident. Man. You won't even mean to. For real. No, no, seriously. For real. Like you put that man in a bad position. 
<laughs> man, that let don't let that old Mike Tyson. You don't I want the old Mike Tyson, Tyson to jump out in this situation. Everyone like online is like, man, Mike Tyson, man, they can't believe they did that to that man. But and he's he doesn't have a scratch on him. But I mean, I I, I understand and I see the situation from both angles. I do feel like Mike Tyson. Again, you know, we should not result to violence. But at the end of the day, I still also understand where he came from at the same time. When we talk about drunken, unruly passengers, I mean, if Mike Tyson was not a celebrity and the same thing happened, I don't think we would even be having the same conversation. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, all right, y'all. Well, that is our <laughs> show tonight. That's our show tonight, y'all. Um Another great show. Thanks for joining us tonight on this episode of Clapback Culture. Mike Davis, when you're not here, where can they find you? South Seattle Emerald. Also, morning update show Wednesday mornings. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and on the Clapback Culture Instagram. Go find us. See how okay. I did that? See I like I how that. you did that. Cuddy was trying to hate on you and swiped it back too soon. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, I'm Jules Jesse. Please pull up and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Treasure of J U L E S. You know what it is. And you guys, I have been posting some really cute and really great reels and content. Rodney and I's reel did over 13,000. So go ahead and view my reel, get our views up because we're trying to be this cute viral couple, you guys. So go and support us offline, off the show. <laughs> and of course on the clapback instagram that part there we go there we go all right y'all y'all have a good one before we go i forgot that mike tyson did bite someone's ear off no but that was the old mike tyson we're talking about the new mike tyson like pre-marijuana mike tyson exactly yeah exactly again play with something safer Mike Tyson ain't the one or the or the He's two. Not the one. He used to be the most dangerous man in the world. Like why? You know what? We gonna leave it there, y'all. All right, y'all. We love you, and we will see you next week. Peace. Peace. produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.